0: I'm Jeff Williams. Welcome to this special edition of In the Author's Voice. National Geographic magazine is dedicating its entire November issue to the subject of climate change. In all, 11 feature stories explore the topic and examine ways that the world can mitigate the effects of climate change. The November issue is out now in, on newsstands and online. I recently talked with Dennis Dimick, the magazine's environmental editor, about climate change and the timing of this issue.
1: It was something that was simmering, but, in fact, we had been covering this this topic uh, in depth uh, for more than a decade. And uh, I think the timing of this was what we wanted to do was to try to uh, uh, time this also in advance. So there's a big meeting that's coming up in Paris in December where uh, negotiators from around the world will be trying to come up with another treaty to try to – uh, limit carbon emissions in the future to try to stem uh, rising temperatures. And so what we wanted to do instead of just having another set of stories that talked about climate as a problem, it was how can we help people imagine what are solutions we uh, That's one reason why we uh, have a couple of stories in there on uh, renewable energy. Uh, We looked at Germany, which was actually a nation that's uh, taken on renewables in a big way, even though they still need to rely on uh, coal, uh, but they're, they've already cut their carbon emissions by a quarter. And uh, we also have a piece in there that uh, is from a Stanford researcher who's, who's trying to paint a picture for the U.S. on what would it take, how long, how expensive would it be to uh, transition from fossil fuels to a renewable energy economy.
0: So I'm looking through here. I'm seeing probably, gosh, I don't know, what almost a, a dozen different articles, and treated the way that National Geographic always treats a subject. But also, I see you're you're bringing in someone else. You've got you have Bill Nye in here doing uh, uh, doing some pieces as well. If, just locally, if you if you bring up the topic of climate change, you're going to get people that will dismiss you outright, and others that will that will be very polarized in their in their opinions and their and their views. Who are you hoping to reach through the way that you've Put together this 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 edition.
1: Well, I think what what we we understand that there's a considerable percentage of the American population that isn't willing to accept uh, the science of climate change, and that runs to about a quarter of the population. That means there's 75% of us who are interested in trying to understand more about it and what could be done to. uh, change the dynamic, and that really was who we were looking f- for. Of course, we, we'd hope that the ones who uh, uh, don't accept the science uh, might be open-minded, but uh, we've decided it's time to move on about beyond the question about weather and, and try to help people start imagining, well, what can we do if we're trying to uh, confront this issue?
0: Talk, talk to me a little bit about how uh, how this issue is put together, because there's three distinct categories. You're letting folks know kind of what's happening or how we know what's happening, and then how do we fix it. And then the question I think a lot of people uh, talk about is, and then how do we live with it?
1: That's right. Uh, so basically, I think we, much of the coverage we've done over the years, I mean, last year we did a big story on can coal be clean. We've done a lot on the sort of like the how do we know it's happening part. And uh, actually, a big focus of this issue is on how to fix it and how to live with it. And in the policy world, on one level, they say how to fix it. What that is called is mitigation or how do you reduce carbon emissions. And so so that's what we were trying to help people understand that it wasn't just a commu- an individual thing, but that all of these uh, all of this actually can trickle up. It's not just individuals. It can be communities. It can be governments, businesses, utilities. Uh, it scales up. And that's why we use, say, for example, Germany is an example of a nation that's trying to deal with this. And the other part, the living with it, that's the adaptation part. I think for so long, this discussion has only been about, well, we got to cut carbon emissions. But we're already seeing uh, significant changes in, in the behavior of the weather. We're seeing sea level rise and such. And so really what 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 we were trying to do there was to also help people understand that in in the interim as we deal with rising temperatures and uh, uh, other impacts that we have to also adapt. And and so we did actually – we did two stories in there that – Focused on two cultures actually that are in the middle of adapting right now. We looked at Greenland hunters who are losing their ice as the ice comes off melts off of Greenland, and then uh, some islanders in the in the Pacific Ocean, that Kiribati, who are actually are losing their homes to the rising tides. And so those those two cultures, though they're thousands of miles apart. Um, are actually intimately connected because of of rising seas and and then within we uh, we created a survival guide really so to speak that helped helped uh, uh, individuals understand whether it's you know where you build your houses uh, how you can fix your sanitation systems what sorts of what sorts uh, uh, where are we going to see grain crops growing in future decades as temperatures continue to change so that what we're really, I think, we're trying to do is kind of a, help create a kind of over-the-horizon uh, radar kind of guide for people.
0: In having interviewed a number of, of folks from National Geographic in the past, and that how you just the volume of, of photographs that are taken to, to document whatever the story may be that you're, you're working on, I've got to imagine that looking back over the over the years at the, at, at the photographs, Tells a pretty telling tale of climate change if you look at just the natural geography that you've photographed over the years.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's a that's a great story in the sense that at the begin sort of if you just look at the the planet over time and we've I've been involved in several projects we did uh, we did a project with uh, uh, Jim Balog who's a photographer in Colorado and it was called the Extreme Ice Survey and we were we were involved on the ground level with him on his study of of glaciers and what he did was he he installed a bunch of solar powered time lapse cameras that that photograph glaciers uh, one hour every hour for every hour of daylight for a year. And then he kept, has kept doing this for years. And we've, uh, he's created some interesting time lapses showing glaciers six years ago and uh, last year. And you really do get a visible, almost visceral uh, 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 impact from those pictures.
0: In pulling this issue together and, and the reporting and the analysis and all the, that was done, as an individual looks through it and reads it and thinks about it, can one person start to make a difference, do you think?
1: Uh, uh, sure, absolutely, because it's like, I mean, I think about what I can do as an individual, and of course I can talk with you on the phone and I can work on these projects, but I also, it's uh, the actions in my own family in my own home and and I uh, how I influence the behavioral patterns of my own children who have been growing up uh and I think this is really—it's not just a challenge for the, the immediacy and here and now, but it's also this is, this is. It took us up. It took us quite a while to get into the situation. It's going to take a while to get out. And I think that it's a multi-generational challenge. And each one of us, if we have, for example, if we have kids, we can, we can. How how we help teach them about this issue is is going to also have an important long-term legacy
0: you'd mentioned earlier that the the upcoming paris conference on on climate change do you get a sense is there consensus now among scientists at least i mean there's always seems to be kind of a little bit of a disconnect between the scientists the politicians and popular opinion but are you seeing any consensus
1: in the in the scientific community, really, there's I think that there's been a there's been a campaign to create the sense that there's been dissension in the scientific community. And uh, several years ago, uh, Naomi Oreskes, who is a historian of of science at Harvard, did did a did an assessment of of papers that were published uh, on on the on the subject of climate change, and, and she she found that, you know, nine, something like 984 out of 1,000 papers, or with 984 papers she looked at, there was no... Um, there was no dissension amongst climate scientists who were studying this issue, but there's also been a public campaign to create the idea that scientists are, are in disagreement about this. And she did wrote a book called Merchants of Doubt uh, five years ago that has been a movie that came out this year to talk about this 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 campaign that has been trying to create a sense of that science are divided on science are not divided on this this is i mean it's basic physics that carbon dioxide is going to warm the is going to trap heat and that's really we're now seeing this on a global scale
0: the power of 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 pictures is 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 um uh very much present in 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 the along with the reporting and and the melding of it of it of it all together in in this in this issue what what do you hope that, that the that the you know, average person that that picks up this edition or, 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 or looks at it online what do you hope that they take away
1: that this? there's hope that there's opportunity that there is possibility that though this is a big challenge we we, we understand that that it's we're we're all we're really talking about is actually a transformation of the global energy system. And so it's that's, gee whiz, that's no small challenge. But everything can be done in time with persistence and with people working together. And what we were really uh, trying to do to achieve with this really is to help people realize uh, it's not too late. Uh, we can do this and that uh, it may take time, but uh, it's never too late.
0: That's Dennis Demick, National Geographic Magazine's executive editor for Environment. The November issue on climate change is available at newsstands as well as online at natgeo.com/climate. N-A-T-G-E-O, In the author's voice is a listener-supported service of WSIU and Southern Illinois University Carbondale. I'm Jeff Williams.